Good evening, everybody. Welcome into the Horseshoe, the site of Ohio State 59, Purdue 31. This is Rapid Reaction. It is brought to you by Byers Auto, and that is Spencer Holbrook, Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham, and I am Austin Ward. A 28-point win for Ohio State over a ranked opponent, uh, and the offense is back. There's nowhere else to start but there, Bart. Yeah, it reminded me of the 2018 Michigan game where you gave up 30-some points and almost 500 yards, but who cares because yeah. the offense was so good and if they wanted to score 90 points tonight, they would have. And, you know, I think it's going to be easy to nitpick some of the stuff that happened defensively if you really want to dive into it. But when Ohio State's offense plays like that, it's going to be really hard for anybody in the country to beat them. I mean, we've said this a couple of times. I, I, I didn't mean to shift right into the defense, but I can understand why people look and see 31 points and, oh, is this back to the start of the year? They, they didn't get any pass. A lot of these things I thought were decisions by Ohio State tonight, that they wanted to drop eight guys into coverage. They weren't blitzing. They weren't, you know, turning Zach Harrison and Tyreek Smith loose. This is not, you know, they're still going to look at the plays, the deep shots, you know, Bryson Shaw on the touchdown. They're not going to be happy with any of that, but they created a couple turnovers. One came on special teams. One was a, you know, a botched exchange from Purdue. But that's about all you need to offset this. Now, it doesn't mean that Ohio State is satisfied or that this was a complete performance for Ohio State, but it was a 28-point win in November over a team that's already got a couple high-profile upsets this year. Yeah, exactly. And, and when you talk about Purdue, you're talking about a team that barely runs the ball ever. And so it's a team that you knew was going to put up passing yards no matter what you did. And so drop eight, rush three, you're not going to get much of a pass rush no matter who you are against any line in the country. You only rush three. It's going to be hard to get home. And then, you know, to sit back, I guess I understand why Ohio State did it. Like, the game plan obviously was solid enough to, to win the game by 28 points, but uh, they'll pro they're probably going to look at this game and, and wonder what they could have done had they maybe switched it up a little bit, not just exclusively dropped eight, because I think they did that almost every down. Uh, but overall, like you said, Austin, it's a 28-point win against the number 19 team that not only is the number 19 team, according to a bunch of people who sit at Destin Wright for a living, but the number 19 team, according to the people who matter. And so that's an impressive win that's just going to boost what Ohio State's doing right now in the minds of the CFP. Yeah, and I keep saying this. I've been saying this all along. You're going to have to score 35 or more to beat this Ohio State team, I do believe, especially when you get into one of these like uh, uh, score uh, exchanging what are moments. Shootouts. Yeah. It, yeah, shootouts. But <laughs> bottom line is, and this is the best passing attack Ohio State's going to see the rest of the regular season and into the the uh, Big Ten playoff, the Big Ten championship game. The fact they get there, and then maybe the best passing attack they're going to see once they get in the college football playoffs. We'll see who makes it, right? But uh, yeah, you, you definitely take a twenty-eight point win, no matter what the other team scored. Okay, we're going to probably have to talk a lot more about the defense next week. That will be the hot topic of conversation, just like. C.J. Stroud, did he need to run the ball, was the issue for the last week. Uh, spoiler alert, he didn't need to. He threw for 368, I believe, and five more touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State blocked much better for the run game up front. They showed a lot more creativity in the play calling. And again, Ryan Day put some of the onus for the last couple of weeks on himself. Uh, you saw something as simple as just a Garrett Wilson jet sweep. And by the way, he is sensational. We'll talk about him as well. Uh, Everybody, that group accountability that Ryan Day talked about this week. Don't run. Don't well, worry about it. They took that to heart. Yeah. And everybody that they put on the field offensively stepped up in some form or fashion. Took that to hat. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, that's the whole thing for Ohio State. It's about dominating line of scrimmage. We talked about it all week, and the offensive line did that. Uh, did it early, and then, you know, you get that quick change on the turnover, and then Travion Henderson hits that 57-yarder. And at that point, you kind of felt like, 
this team is going to really pour it on tonight. Um, you know, you, what I was most impressed by or happiest to see, I guess, in the running game was down the stretch of watching Mayan Williams run really, really hard. And at a night when Master Teague was unavailable, to see Mayan Williams provide that sort of uh, second gear that uh, we did, you know, he, it's not a knock on him that he's not as explosive as Travion Henderson is, but he made himself difficult to tackle. And in November, those type of running backs are super key in the Big Ten. I was wondering, as I was watching Mayan Williams run in the fourth quarter, I was watching from the field and you can just see a little better, you know, inside, in between the tackles when you're down here and the guy just doesn't stop moving his legs. Right. And you wonder if he was challenged. I'd like to be a fly on the wall in that running back room because he was somebody who was starting to get a little too east and west and the way he was running, trying to always jump cut to the side. This, tonight, he was putting his head down and getting an extra yard, getting that extra two yards. And it turned into four, five, and six extra yards only because I think he took it to heart and, and pushed himself to go north and south and get up, get downhill and, and, and boost what he can do in the running game. And I think that's only going to mean good things. But my God, you don't really need anybody to run the ball when you've got the passing attack Ohio State has. And I think the running game right now is a luxury, and, and Ohio State has the best luxury in the country in Trayvon Henderson. Yeah, it was key. It was key for Ohio State to get into the red zone a couple of times early and finish with touchdowns based on the way the, the previous two games had gone. And then you throw in there the fact Purdue was number 16 in the country going into this game, uh, red zone defense. You know, those are statements, you know. And, uh, you know, bottom line is you even ask Nick Saban, man, you want an offense that's scoring points at this point in the year. The conditions today, my cap just got blown off. <laughs> conditions today. They might not, be able to even be hear, hearing the wind. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure they are. But we're, they were not ideal. And this team just rolled like it was in a little scrimmage action there the first half and early in the second That's half. one of the risks we run by being here covering the game live. Yeah. That's a great point, Brent. Yeah. Um, yes, but, real quick, one of the things that's impressing me right now, more as I stand here in this crazy wind, is the pass that was taken off the board. Right, yeah. Because for CJ Stroud to get it there to Chris Olave on the post route, I think 50 yards, 60 into yards the down the field, into the wind, and it was as pretty of a ball as you're going to find. And then you you, you know, toss in exactly what this wind is doing right now on the field. My God, that guy's got an arm. It's pretty amusing to me that these Big Ten officials who for three weeks yes. in a row still cannot see Zach Harrison and Tyreek Smith jersey being ripped off their bodies called Jeremy Ruckert for that holding. He may have been in a spot that wasn't ideal, uh, but that was a pretty soft hold compared to the more blatant ones that are going on for Ohio State's opponents. It much looked much more like a pancake block than it did a home. It looked like two really good players wrestling yes. each other. You know what exactly. I mean? <laughs> like I didn't see Chris. I didn't see uh, Jeremy Ruckert like take advantage of that. They both kind of fell to the ground, and you know whatever. George Karloft is a great player. Kudos to Purdue. They came out and played a nice game offensively, but what the Buckeyes did to their defense, which was one of the better defenses in the Big Ten. They eliminated Karloftis, and I think that's one of these things that as they head into the next two weeks, especially two weeks from now in Ann Arbor, where you have Aiden Hutchinson, who's playing as well as any defensive lineman in the Big Ten uh, in the last couple of years, and I mean that you know wholeheartedly, with even with the way Chase Young and the guys played here. Uh, he's dominating games. The Buckeyes did a good job finding a way to isolate a defensive end and sort of eliminate him, and that, that will you know, pay, pay, uh, pay off down the road. At times they were doing it by just not blocking him at all and saying, hey, here comes Travion Henderson Garrett you, uh, Garrett Wilson around the corner. What are you going to do? Wow. And, and Garrett Wilson, uh, I think all four of us have uh, gone over the top with the praise from him in the past. Yeah. And, but it's not hyperbole. This is one of the most talented wide receivers. And 
some of the others are on the field with him, by the way, which also helps. It, uh, Chris Olave and Jackson Smith and Jigba are also special, but just the physical tools, the burst, the acceleration, the ball skills that Garrett Wilson have. I mean, he is one of the best wide receivers this program has ever seen. And that touchdown, I mean, he's that that's going to be in the top 10. Yes. And that's one of the best catches you'll ever see anybody make down there in the corner. He had four touchdowns, uh, three receiving, one rushing. Uh, pretty Also something that's unheard of. And as Spencer said earlier, talking about luxury, well, Ohio State, that passing attack was going just fine with just two out of the three. But when you add him back into the mix, that is something special. Yeah. He, he's he's electric and you know you almost like forget sometimes that Chris Olave is on the field with him because you saw there's clearly a security blanket element to things for Jackson Smith and Jigba and uh, Garrett Wilson when they're out there individually or together for, for CJ Stroud but then you see Chris Olave he has the touchdown called back he did kind of CJ missed him on one in the end zone that C, that uh, Chris was very close to pulling in I don't think he I'm gonna we talked about this in the press box, but yeah. from the angle that we had, I don't think we all agree, but the coverage, I don't think C.J. Stroud could throw it ahead of him or it would have been intercepted. He put it behind him, and he hit Chris Olave in the hand. Yeah. I don't know if where you were, no, where I, were you going with I, that. I, no, I was – It was weird to see Chris Olave not catch that one and the one on the sideline, but sorry to hide that. It been a really no, no, good no. catch, but it was catchable. You know, it's one of these things where you uh, – you know, that play was one of those interesting plays. It's a rollout. Trayvon Henderson's open. Yeah, o- Olave's open, and you just like <laughs> – where, where do you go? And that's, you know, if you want to, again, nitpick stuff, I mean, there are opportunities to nitpick C.J. Stroud even in a game like this because he does miss Travion Henderson for a touchdown there. He missed Garrett Wilson on a touchdown uh, on that end where it would have been touchdown number five for Garrett. And so you just keep building, keep building. And, you know, Ryan Day gave a ton of credit to, to C.J. Stroud after the game, said he really noticed midweek that uh, C.J. was in for something special. And, uh, you know, he's really taking control of this offense, and it's easy to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's not much else to be said about it. He's just – he's playing at a Heisman Trophy caliber level right now. And, uh, you know, in a 330 slot on a national network, I think everybody now knows, you know, who one of the top two Heisman Trophy candidates should be, and it's C.J. Stroud. I don't think there's any question anymore. Well, but he's never taken the ball away from a Kansas defender. Uh, well, funny you should mention that. They oh. lost for him. Kansas? Oklahoma. Oh, Oklahoma, so where the wind comes. We've been down the plains. Unnecessary Heisman hype for just replacing Spencer Rattler in the Heisman Bowl with Kittles. Hey, it turns out that was a really stupid idea. He's t- he took a big step forward today, in, in my opinion, in, in that race, if in fact it's a race. Right. I'll tell you something. I'm sitting there in that post game uh, interview room, and I'm sitting there, I'm looking at that, those three guys standing in front of me uh, Jackson Smith and Jacob, CJ Stroud, and Garrett Wilson. Two guys from Texas flanking a guy from Rancho Cucamonga, California. And I'm just going up. I, I keep telling people, man, this is one of those special years. And the better this quarterback plays, this could be as special an offensive year as Ohio State's ever had. I mean, you can see it coming uh, like a like a Boilermaker train coming at you. And, uh, and today was a great example in, in kind of adverse conditions, the way they executed, not flawlessly, but pretty damn well. Uh, in windy, cold conditions. It's I, cold out here. I, yeah. I marvel well, at it. I, we're gonna, mean, I, I think people need to, need to understand what they're watching. <laughs> we're going to get out of it. We're going to let you get your hat, track that down. We're going to yeah. go warm up a little bit. And then on Monday, we're going to talk to our guy, Bobby Carpenter, about how that California kid handled some of the adverse conditions. That's been one of the questions he had. Ohio State aced uh, that test. Really? Clearly, with 59 points on the board, the offense rolling, uh, defense getting a couple stops, and then leaving some room for improvement again. Still, the Buckeyes haven't played a complete game, but it hasn't mattered. Uh, in the Big Ten. They remain unbeaten. 
Two big ones coming, Michigan State next week in this building and then the rivalry game after Thanksgiving. We're going to have all of that covered for you, as we always do at Letterman Road. This has been Rapid Reaction. It's brought to you by Byers Auto. That's Spencer Holbrook, Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham, and I am Austin Ward. Enjoy your night.